0: Get that out. Uh, we're continuing our series on the coming of the Son of Man. You may have even sensed how that was been flavoring our worship times together. Um, man, it's so good to see you all in this grainy day. That's gray and rainy, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> grainy. That's what I called it to my daughter when we were driving here. Um, before we jump in, though, um, I feel like, well, it's not just me, but we, We missed a moment a couple weeks ago to really celebrate the Lord. Uh, We talked about it, but I want to talk about it again because it's a monumental thing to celebrate the victory of God answering prayer. Amen? Uh, So a few weeks ago, as you may know if you've not been sleeping under a rock, um, our federal government, the Supreme Court justices overturned Roe v. Wade which has sanctioned and endorsed the uh, killing of unborn babies. And now let's just celebrate that no longer is it lawfully, federally endorsed that we can take the life of an unborn child. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) There are individuals... In this very room and who've been a part of the spiritual family who have literally labored in prayer for decades uh, and served uh, the unborn and the preborn and the young mothers through giving, through serving at local pregnancy center services, we have stood for the life of child, mother, unborn, and born for many years. And I celebrate the Lord because it is clearly an answer to prayer. It is an answer to prayer. God is faithful, and that should encourage us. Ask God, and and he delivered. How many more things do you believe that maybe we've been asking God for in his will? He will deliver. Oh, he's so good. He is so good. Um, Praise God. Well, so we are in our series on the coming of the Son of Man. Today, um, we will be looking at... Revelation chapter 4. And if you are familiar with it, you should be getting excited. Uh, Revelation chapter 4 is perhaps, some have said, the clearest and most glorious revealing of the nature of the person of God, which is the point of the book of Revelation. Uh, The book of Revelation exists, as uh, chapter 1, verse 1 says, to be the revelation or the revealing of Jesus. It is the revealing of Jesus. So we've been walking through it these last couple of weeks, and we are going to look at the whole of chapter 4. It's a lot. So we'll be flying through this, um, but just to equip and inspire you. So in uh, Revelation chapter 1, just a quick review, Jesus shows up to John on the island of Patmos. John, his friend, this is post-resurrection Jesus, and John is like, who are you? (laughs) Even though he was his, like one of his best friends. So this is a different Jesus than he walked the earth with. This is Jesus glorified. Jesus, in all of his splendor, shows up to John, speaks to him in, in Revelation chapter 1, says, John, write this down. I have something to say to my beloved. I have something to say to my church. And then, so Revelation chapters 2 and 3 uh, he writes messages to the church, and we talked about those the last couple of weeks, and specific messages to the churches, Jesus' epistles, if you will, that were relevant to the people at the time, were relevant to us today. And so the last two weeks have been really fun just kind of looking at a couple of those. We also uh, gave you, you know, some, some tactics for understanding so that you can understand all seven of the, the messages to the churches, because we only looked at two. Um, if you haven't been here or you want to dive in, that's The desire. We're not giving you everything here on Sunday because you have the Holy Spirit and you have the Word of God and God wants to speak to you. So I'd love for you to dive into that. Today, coming off of his messages to the churches, uh, John is escorted into the throne room of God. It is, uh, again, the highest revelation of the person and the personality of God. That's exciting. So as we dive in, can we pray? Let's ask the Lord to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, we bless you. You're so much bigger, so much better, so much more holy and worthy than we even understand. Would you grant to us, your people, your beloved in this room, young and old, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation? Would you supernaturally, by your presence here right now, open up the eyes of our hearts To see you. Open up the ears of our spirit to hear you. Would you catch us up in you? And would you catch us up in the story you are writing? That we would be fully engaged, fully aware, fully alive in you until the day you return. If you agree, you can say amen. 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 Well, Jesus said he would build his church, us, on the revelation of who he is. An eternal life which we are received the moment we come into relationship with Jesus is at its core knowing him, right? That is the core of eternal life. It's, it doesn't begin the day you die and enter heaven. It begins the day you meet him because that's the day you begin to know him. Your eternal life has already begun. And we are made to know him. We're made to interact as human beings with God. And that's why Revelation chapter four is such a high and holy unveiling. It is revealing the one we were made to know. It's revealing the one we're called to interact with as friends and as followers. So I'm gonna read to you, I think, the whole chapter of of Revelation chapter four. So hold on, buckle up, get ready. And then we're gonna unpack, kind of flying over at 30,000 feet, um, just enough to hopefully awaken your heart in a new way and a whet your appetite to go deeper in knowing him. Amen? So Revelation chapter 4, let's hit it. If you don't have a Bible or a device to read, it'll be up here um, on the, the wall from the projector as well. So again, stepping in where you said, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and now this, verse 1. After this I looked, John writing, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, And the first voice, which I had spoken to me like a trumpet, who is it? Okay, Jesus. Hello, wake up. Who's talking? The voice he heard before was Jesus. Okay, so just want to clarify. Said, come up here. Come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. Verse 2. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, or some versions will say ruby. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. And when you read this, I want you to picture it, because this is living reality right now. Verse 5, from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6, and before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass-like crystal, and around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Sometimes you should sit down and try to sketch this out. I do it every once in a while. Verse 7, doesn't have to be amazing. Just get an idea of what, what he's describing. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with a face like a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's a song around the throne, and it never stops. Verse 9. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who's seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who's seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created things, all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Amen. I don't know about you, I just sense glory in the presence of God as we read it. It is the revelation of God. And he's saying to John, but also to you, come up here that's the title of today's message i believe as we're living our lives today as we face many uh, things in our world right now the word of the lord is come up here because it's from this place in heavenly places that we live our lives we don't live our lives from heaven to earth even though we are on planet earth we live our lives on earth from heaven Because we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. You may know these verses. The Bible says your life, when you know him, your life is hidden in Christ, with God. Not tomorrow, not when you die, right now. Your true life is with Christ in God right now. That's true life, okay? You have to understand that for this to be meaningful. For it to make sense, God understands it. He doesn't need to be convinced. He says, come up here. You need to see where I am. You need to see from my perspective. You need to see who I am, and you need to see who you are in me. And that's really what Revelation chapter 4 opens up to us. What I believe are the two primal questions of every human being, or two or three, however you want to divide it. Not just believers, I believe every human being is wrestling with the answer of who is God, what is he like, and what does he think of me? Did you know Revelation 4 tells you the answer to all these questions? Who's God, what what is he like, and what does he want of me? Because the truth of the matter, the way you answer those in your own heart will determine the life you live today. And every person on the face of the planet is living out, whether or not they realize it or not, their answer to those questions. Whether they think God is mad, glad, or absent, and whether they think he likes them or hates them is what's determining what's flowing out of their lives, and yours as well. Did you know it? Now you do. And so John is being escorted and we with him by the presence of Jesus himself, the voice of Jesus himself is saying, come up here. I know the the cry of your heart because I created your heart and I want to give you the answers you're longing for. They are right here, my friends. So amazing. So let's start at the very beginning. Again, we're going to pick apart a few pieces of this, but really we're flying over the top. There is so much here that you should study out with the Holy Spirit, with God. And let me just make this this point. John was not a theologian in the sense that he went to seminary to study and learn all kinds of deep things in God and how to interpret the heavenly realms. He had none of that. He was a fisherman called into friendship with Jesus. Okay? Now, he had lived a few decades past that, He was now about 90, they say. He was on this island. He'd been pastoring the church at Ephesus, all these things. But he was not a theologian. And I say that because the book of Revelation gets a bad rap and people think it's so hard and there's so many symbols and we just can't really understand it. We need the people with the the PhD degrees to tell us what it means. But Jesus didn't say, John, get your PhD and then come up here. He said, Come up here. And in verse one, is where we're starting. John says, I came and I saw that the door was standing open. You know why that's profound? It's because Jesus is the door. We always think God is far off and distant and we're separated from him. But when he died in his flesh, his body was broken. The curtain, the veil between God and man was permanently torn, it was permanently opened. And those that know Jesus enter in freely. It's not for the elite. It's not for the well-trained. It's not for the 85-year-old sages. It's if you know him, he says, come up here. The door is standing open. And I think if I were Jesus and I'd given what I had given, pouring out my holy blood, laying down my uh, sinless royal, holy, divine life on a cross to rip that veil open and open the door, I would be pretty motivated that you would come through it. You get it? Come up here. Don't stay living your small life at a distance. Come in. Come into the fellowship of God. Come into the heavenly realms because here is life, and conversely, outside of here is death. Outside of this reality, outside of um, the heavenly realms that you've been brought into, you are living a lesser, you could even say, a life of death. But you're called to live a life of life. You've been called into the very presence of God once and for all by the blood and body of Jesus. We just just celebrated. Right? The communion table. So Jesus is giving John an escort into present tense reality. And that's the other thing, people read this, they think it's far away, it's a a day to come. It was present tense reality the day John saw it, and it's a present tense reality right now. You may not be seeing it with your physical eyes, but you can live in it from your heart and your spirit today. You can live in this reality by the Spirit of God, by the blood of Jesus shed to bring you in. Amen? We're constantly commanded, actually, in the New Testament, to set our eyes, to set our attention, our affection on things above. What do you think that refers to? Okay, spoiler alert it's Revelation chapter 4. It's the heavenly realm. It's where your life is, and that's the end of that verse. Set your eyes, set your attention on things above where your life is hidden in Christ with God. I believe that's Colossians. Chapter three, chapter two. Fact check it. It's there. We so often tend to look and live from what our eyes are seeing. Whether it's the people around us, what's on our phones, What's in the headlines, we live from this place, and I'm not saying what's in front of you isn't real, but it's not eternal, and it is not a good source place to live from. Everything that is not him, everything that is not from above is subject to change. And we're called to live an eternal life, so we live from above into our temporal, temporary circumstances. We deal with the world around us in an eternal, heavenly way because we're seated with him. So when you get eyes for the throne, you can live well on earth. Amen? And I want to tell you this is your story. And so again, uh, I feel like I'm preambling a lot, but this is really important because I want you to enter into this. I want you to get caught up in this reality. I want to remove every excuse and distractions that says you can't. So the other thing about Revelation and the chapters to come are that they're scary, it's drama, it's all these things. And the other thing that, that Jesus says to John is, he says, I see a door open. The voice says, come up here And then the voice says, and then I will show you things to come. Now, it doesn't play it out this way on the page in the words, but I see it as two separate thoughts. Guys, come see the Lord. Come see the Lord. Then we can talk about what's coming. Get it? Because when you see him... As he is, you can understand and you can handle chapters 6 through 19, which are really intense. But when you see him, you can understand 6 through 19, and then you know that he will be faithful to the end. Chapters 19 to 20, When the kingdom comes on earth forever. When the kingdom of darkness is eradicated completely. Where we live under the... uh, tangible lordship and leadership of Jesus on earth. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. That is our blessed hope. That's what we're saying about. And so this is a present tense reality. Like if you could see with the eyes of the spirit right now what's happening where Jesus is, the one we're singing to, the one we're praying to, is at, he is right in that space we just read in Revelation chapter four. In fact, when we pray, whether you're alone in your bedroom at home, whether you're sitting around the dinner table, you are praying before this one. That's where you are. When you come into this room and we're singing songs together, you're not singing to a nice panel wool wall. You're not singing to metal ceilings. You are before this throne. And that changes everything. Let's be honest. Our, our prayer life... On this side of the heavenly realm, even our worship on this side of the heavenly realm at times can be mundane, at times can be boring. How do we we connect ourselves to the reality of who we're really singing to? How do we connect ourselves to the one we're really praying to? Revelation chapter 4 is your gift. When you close your eyes to pray, see this. When you lift your hands in worship, see this, because this is where you are. And if you can truly see him as he is, you'll never be bored in the place of prayer. You'll never be bored in the place of worship because he is endless yeah. in his beauty. He is endless in his beauty. So that, that's, that's what we need to talk about. That's what you need to see. That's what you need to be equipped with in him so that you will approach him, as Hebrews chapter 4 says, with grace, the throne of grace, with confidence at all times, and learn to see from his perspective, learn to feel from his perspective. So that was verse 1. Verse 2 and (laughs) 3 talks about the one on the throne had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, or Jasper and Ruby. It is a description of the beauty of God in Revelation chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. And what we are seeing when we see Him, as John reveals, tries to explain what He sees to us, is the way He thinks and feels and acts. It's the beauty of God. And and let me just explain that phrase for you. We even sing songs about God, you're beautiful. Jesus, you're beautiful. When we talk about Jesus being beautiful, just isn't about like his appearance, it's about the wholeness of who he is. His nature, his personality, the way he thinks is beautiful. The way he feels beautiful. The way he acts is beautiful. Jesus, you're beautiful. There's no one like you. There's no one quite as good as you. There never will be anyone who compares to you in the way you think and feel and act. And so John is grappling with terms here. He says, I saw one, there was a a being on the throne, and he was like a jasper. He was like a ruby. And you see that John's seeing heavenly things and trying to use any earthly word he has, (laughs) right? And so the jasper, the medieval jasper, was like uh, what we would see as a diamond. It was this clarion clear stone that radiates light. And so he saw a being who was radiating light. And he saw a being who was like a a ruby in red. And it's declaring to us the beauty of God, the nature of God. When there's a jasper and a ruby that John is seeing, God's communicating a revelation of who he is and how he thinks. His thoughts towards us are completely pure, and holy that's the jasper radiating light his feelings about us are the ruby the ruby red representing passion love zeal his emotion towards us our love is always love always love always love it was a mixed emotions he saw jasper holiness purity and he saw the fiery zeal of God's love. The way God thinks, the way God feels about you, and the way he acts towards you. The other thing, John, grasping words, said, I saw what was like like an emerald rainbow, a rainbow made of emeralds. So he sees this, this green arc all around the throne. And how, you may wonder, how do I know? So the way you interpret the Bible is with the Bible. If you Search out these stones throughout Scripture. This is what they represent. They were on the priestly ephod. Um, They were throughout Scripture. These colors are throughout Scripture. Green usually represents mercy or grace. And so there's a God on the throne who's holy. He's passionately zealous in all he does. And he's encircled by a rainbow of mercy. It is the answer to what is he like? And how does he feel? about me. He's absolutely pure. He is completely consumed with passionate love for you, and his actions towards you are mercy, 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 mercy. It's always mercy when you come before the throne of God. The way to get to the throne of God is his mercy. He's giving you what you could never earn or deserve on your own, and it's his great delight. The Word of God says he delights in being merciful to you. Did you know that? (laughs) it's his delight to be kind to us when you don't deserve it it's his delight to draw us near to his holiness and to make a way for us to be there it's mercy it's the beauty of god the way he thinks the way he feels and the way he acts isn't that amazing the picture of the beauty of god all right keep flying Verse 4, then around this throne of jasper and ruby and an emerald rainbow, the beauty of God and his holiness, his passion and his mercy towards us, there are other thrones. 24 other thrones, in fact. And it speaks of elders who are on these thrones. And the ones on these thrones, they are robed. They have robes. They have crowns. And they're seated on thrones. And so the way to remember it is they are enthroned, robed, and crowned. Now, in the midst of this heavenly vision, in the midst of this heavenly reality, we have the person of God, and later we see these creatures. Who are the elders on the throne? Who are the ones enthroned, robed, and crowned? It's you, it's the church, it's the people of God. What surrounds the throne of God, who's seated close to him, is you and me. We are the ones throned. It's biblical. We are robed in his righteousness. And we have been given crowns on our heads because we are kings, that's the crowns, and we are priests, that's the robes. This is God's holy partners, the church of his name, enthroned eternally with him in his presence. We're not standing far off. We're not groveling before him. We're not begging him to let us near. No, he's made a way and a place for you right there. Isn't it amazing? That is us. That's you and me, friends. If you are in Christ, you are enthroned, robed, and crowned. You are a priest and a king for God and with God forever. This is where you live starting the day you met Jesus. Wait, 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 but I'm not this. That's what you think. But I didn't know. It's okay. This is who you are. And the beauty of knowing him is growing in the reality, growing in the revelation, growing in the ability to live as one who has been made holy forever. Has been made holy eternally. That's you. You're not trying to get holy. you've been made holy, and now you're in the process of learning to live out holiness. You're not living for holiness, you're living from holiness. Changes everything. And you're not waiting to one day be a king in God's castle, you are already a king. You're already a priest before him. You're not in the ultimate fulfillment yet. But you get to begin to live as kings and priests today, loving him, serving him, dwelling in his presence 24-7. That is our calling. This is who we are. What is God like? How does he feel about me? What purpose does he have for your life? All those questions answered. Three verses. Eternally, you will grow in this reality. And then it goes on to say in verses 5 to 7, it talks about these lamps of fire around him that are the spirits of God, the sea of glass, where the, where the, which is before him. It talks about the four living creatures. I'm not going to explain all of them. Uh, but what, what it declares to us in verses 5 through 7 is the beauty of God's presence, the gloriousness of where he dwells and lives. The beauty of his presence and it speaks there of thunders and lightnings thunders and lightnings and peals of thunder that that come from around the throne it really is reminiscent of the scene if you might remember from the book of exodus where god came down on the mountain and there was thunderings and lightnings and and god had called all the people to come up on the mountain to meet with him to be with him but they said no 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 moses We don't want to go up there. You go. But it's the same God. It's the same revelation, the same person. And the peals of thunder and lightning are not to scare us. The fear of the Lord is to draw us in. It's to draw us into his presence. But what do the thunders and the lightnings mean? Again, applying the, the principle that we interpret the Bible with the Bible, we interpret scripture with scripture, it's the voice of God that thunders. Amen? So what comes from the throne? The voice of God. The voice of God that shakes the cedars, the voice of God that breaks the things that seem unbreakable. The thunders is the voice of God that proceeds from his throne, is the voice of God. And when we come before him, when we are in his presence, you will hear his voice. You'll hear his word. And the lightning, maybe you saw lightning last night. We were up half the night at our house. That was fun. Not fun. The lightning lights up the dark places. Lightning in, in the, the scripture represents revelation. It's the moments when God lets us see the things we couldn't see before. Revelation comes. Lightning, the lighting of God, comes to your situation when you are in his presence. The lightning of God comes when you get before his throne. When you come before him in worship and prayer, you hear the thunder of his voice, and you see the light of his revelation in your life. Amen? That's powerful. And we have these living creatures, which eyes all around them. Again, there's lots that could be said about them. But what we're truly seeing, one first there was the beauty of God's presence, where his voice comes, and where the Spirit of God gives us revelation of God, and revelation of our life circumstance and our situation gives us revelation of the times in which we live come from the throne of God, the beauty of his presence. But then it speaks to these creatures, and it says that they never stop saying it's the declaration of his beauty. And they say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you may notice that there are three threes there. The three was a powerful literary and verbal communication tool, especially in ancient literature, If you say something three times, it's to the nth degree. So so when Jesus says, truly I tell you this, truly I tell you this, I tell you the truth that, and he does it a lot, you'll see it in the Gospels, one, two, three, he's saying this is the end of the matter. And so here we have the living creatures declaring because all they do is their eyes all around staring at God and they say, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy holy, but actually it goes on, he's Lord, he's God, he's the Almighty, and he's the one who was, and who is, and who is to come, so here's your cool theological word for the day, I told you you're not theologians, but you can be, it's the trisagion, Is the word they've given this in Greek for the three threes that declare the beauty of God, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, and there's glory on that because that's what they declare about him day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day. Where does God execute his kingdom that we're told to pray for? Where does his kingdom come and his will being done come from? It comes from this place. It comes from his throne, and in the midst of the ones who cry out day and night, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come is where the kingdom of God is being released from this throne room. We come into the place of prayer. We come into a governmental place. We come into a place where we can agree with heaven. And the, the most powerful thing you can do to see heaven invade your earth is to worship the one who is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. If you don't have words or a song, use those. Literally. You want the kingdom of God to invade your heart? Get to the place of worship. You want the kingdom of God released in your home? Get into the place of worship in your home. You want the kingdom of God in your health, in your situation, in your workplace? Get before the throne of God and worship because that's where his kingdom comes. And there's a reason why God is raising up today all over the earth places of worship that go day and night is because he taught us to pray and believe that his kingdom would come on earth just like it is in heaven, not just on Sunday morning. But day and night and night and day, just like is happening right now in heaven, that they never stop, that on earth, in every place, we would never stop lifting up his name and worship. We'd never stop. We wouldn't just punch in and punch out. Come on Sunday morning, Lord, holy, you're holy. Lord, you're worthy. Okay, see you next week. (laughs) But we would have lives that day and night, night and day, just as is happening in heaven, because that's where our life is would be declaring day and night and night and day, worthy, worthy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Letting his kingdom come, letting his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I declare, if all I, I will promise you, if all you do in your your prayer life with God is worship, you will see a multiplied increase of his activity all around you. But you can also pray, you can also declare, you can also agree with this word, but start somewhere. Be a person who gets before the throne of God and declares who he is, and you'll see your circumstance and the world around you change. Bring it to a close. Told you're gonna fly over the whole thing. We see God who he is, we see the people of God, that's us right there with him. We see the beauty of his presence, his lightning, his word, his revelation. We see those declaring who he is. And holy isn't just about, we gotta we gotta talk about that for a sec. We get an idea that holy just means purity. Holy literally means completely other than. It just means something, someone so completely different than everything we know. God's so much completely different than who we are and everything we know. He's so far beyond us in every way, not just in his holiness, not just in his purity, not just in his love, but in everything. His goodness is good to the nth degree. His kindness is kind to the nth degree. His strength is strength. It's totally other than everything we've known and seen. He's so much bigger and better than everything we've seen. There's nothing better than him. I think we sang that today. That's what holy means. You're so far above what my mind can even comprehend. That's what it means when we say holy. That's holy. Holy. So the final thing is where it comes real practical to us. What do we do in response to who he is and how he is and how he feels about us and the declaration of he's so far beyond us, he's holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, he was, he is, and he's going to come on the earth. He's going to make all things new. He's going to make heaven and earth one again. You know, it was one in the beginning. It wasn't heaven up here, earth down here. was together. God and man were dwelling together. And the the final culmination of God's kingdom coming on earth will be when there's no longer separation. We don't just by the Spirit dwell in heavenly places, but heaven itself will crash back into earth and we'll be living in the kingdom of God on earth forever. What's the correct response in in light of the one who was and is and is to come? Well, verse 9, the final piece of of Revelation chapter 4, says that the elders on the throne, who is that again? They bow down and throw their crowns. And to me, this might be the most powerful, practical application of this chapter for the moment we're living in right now. It's that they respond with worship, adoration, but also humility. Humility. I think the greatest gift of understanding this heavenly realm is present tense that God's on the throne right now and he's holy, he's zealous in love, he delights in showing mercy and he's brought us right into his presence is that it has so much to do with him and so little to do with us. Do you know that's the most freeing thing in the whole world? It's not about me. It's not about you. And we get so worked up in our life and our circumstances and situations, but God is on the throne and He's so much bigger. He's holy and He's worthy. He's, and what, who He is will go on and on and on. And His glory will go on and on and on. And the things that seem so big in our eyes right now, if we could see Him, would become so. But wait, don't you know what's going on in the earth? I do, but have you seen him? Because when you see him, it doesn't matter. I don't want to make light of really intense circumstances, but if we truly had a revelation of God, who he is, what he's like on his throne, the moment, again, forgive me in advance. If, if we heard, because we can hear news in a, in a millisecond right now, right? If we heard that somebody in some nation pressed the red button and nuclear bombs are about to go off, we would still be able to say, it's nothing. Because in a moment, I'm going to be right there. Do you get it? If we could see, if we understood the greatness, the grandness of our God, no diagnosis, No relational strife would be able to get us down because in his presence it matters, but it's so small. And if we would give ourselves to throwing down all of us before him, we will experience the fullness of life we've been made to experience. When we understand that he's so, so, so big and this Momentary affliction is so, so, so small. We'll bow down before him because he's holy, holy, holy. And he's Lord, he's God, he's almighty. He was and he is and he's coming again. That changes everything. When we come before this one, We get free from all the garbage, free from all the weight, liberated because he is holy, because he's worthy, because he's big, because he's powerful. And we humble ourselves before him because we see not only is he big, but he is dignified, the ones who didn't deserve being dignified. He took the ones who were a wretch like me, and set us on thrones forever. And he took the ones who can list off our offenses day and night and placed a crown on our head. He said, come up here. Come up here. Come up here. And that's his call to you and me today, friends. Come up here. Let's live from this reality. What do you say? Let's live from who he is and who he's made us to be. Let's ask him to help us to live a truly eternal life. Amen? Let's stand together as we wrap up. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I want you to imagine the scene. Because we, we're about to come to the place of prayer, right? Can you see it? Can you let the Holy Spirit give life to your human imagination right now to help you see it? Do you see a throne? Can you see one who's on it, who's like a jasper, like a diamond, like a ruby? Can you see a one on it? Can you see around that throne? what looks like an emerald rainbow of mercy? Can you see that all around it are thrones and one of, it ha- one of them has your name on it? Can you hear the sounds of his voice thundering? Can you see the lightnings of revelation coming forth from him? Can you hear the voices of those that Stare at him day and night shouting, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Just set your imagination on that right now, and Holy Spirit, help us. Give us a divine revelation of who you are and where we're seated, where we live our life from right now. I just want to stand here for a moment.